Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Chad and Nate. Go DJ. Hey. 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 How don't you guys, you guys don't... I have too much fun up here. I'm, oh. I'm having too much fun, I think. No, Sean, you must not listen to Chad and Nate much. Because I do rap. When I'm sitting in that seat, I, did have, I do I've, rap. I've heard that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. So much so that people text me in and tell me to stop rapping. Now, some people like it. I've run into some people who are like, man, I love it when you bust the Rock Wilder by Method Man and Red Man. It's a really hard verse. Um, but that one is just kind of slow, you know, kind of nice little chorus. But I appreciate you taking that seat. Yeah, I appreciate it. So never hold back on the Chad and Nate show. No, Sean. Yes. Before the break, we were getting into uh, a little discussion about the inside linebackers because they just signed Joe Schobert. Uh, Jonas Griffith got hurt, dislocated his elbow. You saw him rolling around the field on, in pain. Second play of the game, man. And people talk about, you know, should you play your starters or not? That's an argument for why you shouldn't, right? Because that can happen. But at the same time, to me, football is dangerous. Uh, There's a risk. Injured. You're trying to get ready for a football game. So uh, how important is it to be healthy if you're not good at football? Right. You know what I mean? So there is a fine line. You got to practice hard to prepare for that. You got to accept the risk. Some guys are going to get hurt. And in the case of Jonas Griffith, it's a four to six week injury. And you can tell me whether or not this is an accurate kind of projection there. But he'll be back by week two or three, you know, with that kind of timeline. How long did it take you to for your elbow to heal? Yep. Uh, so I got out that game. I missed that next week. Uh, I was back in two weeks. Okay, so this is not a season-ending injury no. for Jonas Griffith. He's going to have a brace on. He'll right. have a brace on it. Right, so sometimes we're like, oh, my God, we can't get our guys injured. But you got to understand there's always a revolving door of, of guys who are hurt, guys who are healthy, and the guys who are hurt, they get healthy, they get back on the field. So there's always that revolution of healthy injury, and and those trainers are always nursing you back to hell. So it's not the end of the world if a guy has an injury where he's going to miss two, three, four weeks. That's part of football. You get him back on the field, and you get him for the run, you know, in the second half of the season. Right. And I'm not one to be like, oh, I don't want to play this person because of the injury per se. Like, cause isn't that, But isn't that why we're not p- playing Russell Wilson? Because you're afraid of him getting hurt? I get it. What's the other reason? I-, I would like to see guys like put him out there because they need the work. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Right. Like, what is the other argument for not playing Russell Wilson in the preseason other than you're afraid to get him hurt? Yes, that's... Pretty much it, really. I mean, right. if I think about it, yeah. Right. I mean, but that's different. This is a quarterback, right? I mean, but these other positions, no, just let them go out and play. I mean, you got to have your quarterback. So that'd probably be the one position where I'm like, nope, I'm afraid to get him hurt is my quarterback. But other, other than that, man, let the guys go out there and play, and you it's going to happen if it happens. It's a physical game. So I'm not worried about that. It's more like, does he need that work? Does he need the work? Does he need to be getting that unnecessary, uh, the banging? Russell? I mean? No, I'm talking about like, like running backs yeah, yeah, or yeah. stuff yep, like that. Yep, yep. I'm like, uh, I don't want to bang my back up too much. Nah, he doesn't need the work. So Javante Williams should not take a single carry in the preseason. <sighs> Melvin Gordon should not take a single carry. Uh, no, Sean is pondering the question. The way that the the up front is looking, I, I would like to maybe get a couple. Of, uh, they don't need to play a whole game. Maybe get in there for a couple plays, but I'm not worried about them getting hurt, though. Okay. And, yeah, getting that little extra work for my backs 
won't be bad, but I'm not giving him 30 carries. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Okay, so so we got so we got some more more information of guys coming off the pup list. Billy Turner, tackle, who came here. He's Hackett's boy. Hmm? He's been out. He's back. He's back. Billy Turner's back, and I know that was right tackle was a, was one of those positions we've talked a lot about here. Calvin Anderson has been the guy getting the majority of the reps, and um, because Billy Turner and Tom Compton have been hurt, well, Billy Turner's coming off the pup list. And so, I'm back, baby. Uh, he's back, and he's gonna have, get to have to get some work out there. I like Billy. Yeah, I play with Billy. What do you what, what, tell me about Billy Turner? No, game. he's a physical. He's a physical guy. And he can get the job done. Um, he's a dog. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, you you want those dogs up front. Yeah, you want those up front. Nitty gritty guys that can get in those trenches and be like, Nah, I'm gonna scoop you up out of here. Let's get it. Okay, and Billy's is Gary, one of those is guys. a dog. Yeah, yeah, he look, yeah, he a dog. I like him. Yeah, I like him. And I like his his mentality, his demeanor, yeah. the way yeah. he walks around. I'm like, I like that guy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I like that. A Dalton Riser dog. <laughs> he gets scrapped. He gets scrappy a little bit. I would have to watch him a little more. I don't know. Lloyd Cushenberry dog. K nine. He a K nine. He in there. But, but, but. Feline K nine. <laughs> Nah, I'm talking about real, real, like... Coy Miners, is he a dog? Yeah. They're all capable of being dogs. <laughs> uh, but we, we, that's what we want to see. That's why I want to see these starters in here when it's... Uh, that's, this is in this next game, pretty much. See that dog come out of them. Yep. Well, so so before the break, we were talking about inside linebackers, right? And the argument could be made that you need more dogs on defense than you do... On offense. Now, you do need them on offense, but the defense is where the dogs are really at because they don't have to think about anything. It needs to be everywhere. They don't have a playbook. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Just attack the ball. Is it man or is it zone? I would love to play defense. It's like you're just not thinking. You're just going and making plays. You're just just reacting and going. And making plays. So I want your reaction to the new signing, Joe Schobert. Now, this is just a dude who um, has had a lot of tackles. He kind of looks like Josie Jewell. And Alex Singleton, <laughs> yeah. size-wise, skill set-wise, and all that. Um, Jonas Griffith stood out as a more physically imposing guy, right? Taller, longer, more physical, uh, more dangerous in there. But football seems to be going away from some of those guys sometimes in the, in the middle and getting guys who are just like sideline-to-sideline guys and more athletic guys who can like do a lot of stuff instead of downhill thumpers. Do you have an idea of which one is more effective? I mean... As a as a running back, which one do you like to see? <laughs> it's just depending on the game, right? How the game, how it's evolving right now. Well, you're um, coming through the hole. Who do you who you not want to see, or who do you who would you I, rather I see, Jonas Griffith or Josie Jewell? Oh, Josie Jewell. For sure. You'd rather see him. Yeah, I'd rather see him. Why is but that? It's how, just because how would you approach that <laughs> that moment. You're gonna run through. Them? Listen, they gotta be smack. Yeah, I'm running through everyone. Honestly, um, that's my game. I mean, I obviously was to run through you first and didn't make you miss later on in the game because you okay. think I'm about to run you over. Love it. Um, but I, I like a back that's gonna a backer that's gonna come downhill and smack. But you and these guys can, but you see them just running side to side faster. But isn't that what they're asked, being asked to do yeah. to cover cover tight ends right. and stuff? How are your cover skills? Because we, we were talking about Alexander Johnson in the break. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason why he's not here is because he lacks that sideline to sideline, the coverage skills. He's a downhill thumper guy. He can do that all day. But they're asking him. But aren't they asking him to do more now? Mm -hmm. Like, don't 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 they have to be more versatile as an inside linebacker? Yes, for sure. I mean, you got to be able to cover. I mean, yeah, and run side to sideline to sideline, but. You don't have to be 220 to do that, right? You don't have to be 215, and that's what you kind of see. The guy's kind of getting a little smaller, 240, you know what I mean? That can run. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just waiting for the game to t- to switch again. Mm-hmm. And we get one of these big, big backs or somebody, a uh, 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 Henry, coming right. through there, and they're like, oh, maybe we do need bigger backers now. Right. I'm waiting for the game to change back to that. But no, right now, as of right now, you got to be able to cover those 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 tight ends, those backs coming out the backfield, and yeah, you got to be able to smack too. But on defense, you want to swarm. If you have everyone that's super fast that can get to the ball, you don't need that one guy to make that big hit um, by himself. Hey, I want that defense to swarm to the ball, and we all going to tackle. So I like it. So you're talking about team, the team play, the defensive swarming. We didn't see a lot of starters out there, but how did you? What did you feel about the defensive play against the Cowboys? Did you feel that swarm? Did you yeah. feel like they were playing at a high level? Because Vic Fangio, as much as you know, as many bad things as everybody says about him, and maybe I'll flip a coin, and you know, I want all the meatballs and the pasta, and I, you know, whatever. He wasn't a great game manager, but when George Payton fired him, and I talk about this all the time, George Payton said that he's the best football coach he's ever been around. And then he fired him. So take that with a grain of salt because he wanted a leader. He wanted a guy to stand up in front of everybody and inspire them and raise the energy level in the building. Nathaniel Hackett has done that. What, but, uh, but my belief is that Vic Fangio has really set this defense up to take it to the next level with that good coaching. He's, he, he taught them the fundamentals of this system, a foundation that has really put some of these young guys in particular in a really, really, really good position. But uh, when we get back, no, Sean, I want to ask you your take on this off or this defense, Ejero Evero's version of Vic Fangio's defense. Is it going to be better? We'll get into that after the break. Denver Sports Station 1043, the fan presents Chad and Nate. He's a player and he's a player just to play. That's right. We got Mike. Cliss, Broncos 9 News Insider, joining us uh, right now, uh, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Mike Cliss, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm busy already this morning. Yeah, busy already. There's some breaking news in, in, in Broncos country. Can you run that down for us and tell, tell us what's going on? Yeah. Um, well, with the Jonas Griffith uh, injury, dislocated elbow, out four to six weeks. Uh, they brought in Joe Schobert, uh, inside linebacker, been a starter the last six years uh, with Cleveland initially, <clears throat> started four years there, and then he's bounced around uh, with Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. A little surprised uh, he's still out there. He moved to the Denver area a little while ago. He's uh, He likes to fish, and he's an outdoorsman type, so Colorado is his kind of place, so it was pretty convenient to bring him in, and they're signing him and bringing him in. Uh, I think Alex Singleton would still be the um, starter uh, this week uh, for the Broncos, but Schobert should be um, ready, uh, you know, uh, practicing today. And then um, uh, they also activated Randy Gregory and Billy Turner from uh, the PUP, the physical uh, phys- physically unable to perform. 
and they, uh, I think they'll just do limited stuff, uh, you know, individual drills, work on the side. Don't anticipate them doing any teamwork this week. But time to get them ready. Uh, it's all pointing towards September 12th in Seattle. Love it, love it. And, Mike, I mean, and you, you kind of mentioned it right there, all the starts that he's had um, in these past years and last year as well. Is that what they, the Broncos like about it, Joe? I mean, because I look on the free agency, there's a lot of other backers out there that made some plays, um, some good names out there, uh, a Jalen Smith, yeah. uh, a Hightower, uh, uh, even we talked about it earlier, Alexander Johnson. I mean, what is it besides those starts that they love about Joe so much? Well, the, the one other thing when you make a move like this is you're not giving up on Jonas Griffith, right? I mean, you still like him. He's still the more, the more athletic inside linebacker who's uh, bigger, taller, um, can cover better. And he's out for one to three weeks. So, you know, you're not going to make a, uh, you're not going to make a trade for, uh, Roquan Smith, first of all. First of all, just on Roquan Smith, um, yeah, he's a heck of a player. But the Broncos don't have a first and second round pick, remember, in 2023. So that doesn't mean he can't make a deal, but that makes it very difficult to make a deal. And, um, you know, the the hope on uh, Griffith is he's uh, going to miss the first game of, of the regular season, but hopefully by... Uh, uh, you know, sometime no later than uh, game four, they expect him back. He'll have to regain strength. That's going to be a tough one. So, um, you know, you want a guy ready to fill in and start for you, but uh, you don't, uh, you know, my my assumption with Joe Schobert is, you know, he got a vet deal, which pays about a million now. The minimum, you know, the, the minimum salary for veterans is, uh, right about a million, so it's not bad. And um, you know he gets uh, he gets to play, and and we'll see um, if he uh, you know leapfrogs Alex Singleton, who the last two years um, led the Philadelphia Eagles in tackles. So uh, they're not bad at inside linebacker right now, all things considering. Mike, at outside linebacker in the game on Saturday, we saw Baron Browning going off. Looked just like the best player out there. And and he's looked pretty yeah. darn good in training camp and, and Thursday as well against the Cowboys. Um, now, you said Randy Gregory coming back off the pup list. If he's not ready to go week one, Randy Gregory, is it possible we see Baron Browning on one side and Bradley Chubb on the other? Yeah, I, I still think it might be Malik Reed um, on one side and, and Baron Browning rotating in. Um you know, Malik Reed, it's uh, in a, a bit of a precarious situation with Browning coming on, Nick Benito getting drafted behind him. If Gregory's uh, ready to go, it'll be interesting to see uh, where Malik Reed's role uh, fits with this team. But if Randy Gregory's not ready, uh, you know, I think they might go with the veteran Reed, who's been a three-year starter. Um but uh, they do. They definitely want Baron Browning to be part of the rotation. He's going to be in the top four. Him and Benito look like they're going to be in the top four. And then you still got Jonathan Cooper, who uh, rotated in, and he's coming back. I think. Uh, I think he's going to be activated later this week. Uh, well, he's already activated. I, I mean, just cleared to play uh, later this week. 
So they're they're pretty stacked at outside linebacker. We'll see about Randy Gregory, but all signs right now point to Gregory being ready for Seattle. That's good news. Okay, so I want your interpretation of just the the overall uh, game experience in the Hackett regime. This is his first game as a head coach. How do you think he did? How was the game day operation with Coach Hackett? Yeah, I didn't notice anything. Um, I didn't notice anything, uh, you know, uh, out of whack, you know, as far as time management or timeouts. Uh, you know, he went for the fourth downs, which in, in preseason, I like that instead of the field goals. Um, you know, I think that's Big good. Big Fangio did that for, last year, though, and, and so take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I know. And, and Fangio, I think, uh, went to the well one too many times on the fourth down. He started going for the fourth down quite a bit last year. Yeah. And, you know, in that Chiefs game, uh, we debated, what did they go, uh, you know, there's something ridiculous like they had 22 plays and went uh, 95 yards and came away with nothing. And um, kind of the same thing happened last night with uh, Brett Rippon, or Saturday with the Brett Rippon drive from the one, got down to the three, and they came away with nothing. But that's fine. You know, that's that's preseason. Got to make a play. Uh, got to get the touchdown there, and uh, and they fell short. But I thought it, I thought it was good. The big thing to me, I've always said this, uh, Nate. Everyone looks at the coach or the baseball manager uh, about the moves they make during the game. To me, that's only twenty percent of the job. Eighty mm-hmm. percent of the job is getting these guys uh, to play a peak performance going into the game. And I thought uh, it's it was pretty clear this past week that the Broncos are more ready than the Cowboys. I mean, the the varsity beat the uh, Cowboys varsity on Thursday in that scrimmage, and the JVs uh, beat the Cowboys JVs on Saturday. So, um, you know, I think I think Hackett and his young coaching staff uh, had these guys ready to play. For sure, for sure. Real quick though, you you worried about the running backs? You run you you worried about the run game, Mike? Well, I, the, the concern there is, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, how that foot's going to be. Um, from what I understand, um, it's not not too bad. He, you know, he may need another week before you see him on the practice field, but uh, maybe next week you see him out there. Um, or you might it might be after Buffalo, but they're confident he's going to be fine. Yes. And then, uh, you know, Javante, we know what, uh, what he's about. He's a power a bowling ball, uh, breaks tackles. And those are two types of backs who shouldn't play in the preseason. You've got to, uh, you know, they sign guys off the street to, to handle the preseason workload. Um, you know, the, the, the line, um, you know, the backs are one thing. The line uh, didn't look to me like there was a whole lot of room, maybe a, maybe a time or two, but it didn't look like a whole lot of room to run. So I know Hackett was disappointed in that after the game and says that needs to get cleaned up. But, uh, again, uh, what, did, what did somebody uh, – I saw somebody on social media this past week uh, evaluate players in the preseason, don't evaluate the teams. Mm. And uh, the Detroit Lions, the year they went 0-16, went 4-0 in the preseason. So uh, ever, ever since then, I haven't put much stock into uh, you know the preseason. Okay, well, we, we can evaluate these receivers, and it's a crowded receiver room, right? So, yeah. so how many active roster spots are going to go to wide receivers, and who do you see making that list? Well, it's going to be, uh, let's go Sutton, 
let's go Judy. Mm-hmm. Let's go Hamler. It looks like he's going to be ready. Right. Um, and then with, uh, with Patrick down, you want Tyree Cleveland, who you didn't see, who's already penciled in, um, maybe even inked in <laughs> as a, a core special teamer. Uh, and he should be ready here uh, maybe this week or, um, you know, I, I think he might be coming back this week, maybe next week. So that's uh, that's four. Montreal, Washington, a returner is going to make it. That's five. And then um, maybe one more, right? Maybe one. Yeah, well, there's there's definitely going to be one more. And that, to me, it's Kendall Hinton, who can who's a slot guy who can uh, back up K.J. Hamler. You would think Hamler, if he starts the regular season and dresses, is going to be on a pitch count. Wouldn't Montreal so Washington be able to back up uh, KJ? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure where he is as far as a receiver. Mm. Um, they're, they're, you know, as far as re- whether he's ready, um, you know, it could be a case here in training camp. It's been ready or not, but um, I would still be a, I'd still be a little surprised if Montreal Washington. Um, Catches two passes in the opener against Seattle. Let's put it that way. Um, I think Kendall Hinton's ahead of him there. So Kendall Hinton uh, would make some some sense. And then I tell you what, uh, if, if they can get Virgil on uh, practice squad, Brandon Johnson, That's I think it. he's going to have a chance to uh, to make this team. Those are two really good receivers. And then Seth Williams. Yep. Uh, How many practice they're, they're squad gonna, receivers do you have? Two, three? You usually have two. And, um, so yeah, they're going to have, uh, the, I tell you what, they had four really good receivers that showed themselves in that preseason game. And, um, uh, we'll see. They traded Trinity Benson last year for draft picks. And, uh, let's see if George Payton maybe does that, uh, once again. Good stuff, Mike. Thanks for joining us. All right. Sir. See you guys. That was Mike Cliss brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. When we come back, no Sean and I are going to keep talking about this Broncos team and specifically has Nathaniel Hackett passed his first test? What's the next step? We'll do that next. It's Chad and Nate on Denver's Sports Station, 1043, The Fan. That's right. What you can't see is no Sean bouncing. I must say, I like how you let it ride a little bit. You got to let it breathe, you know, some, man. Some other people like, you know, some other drivers some like other to, of the hosts who just want to come in here and talk <laughs> ball sports and just get into it. They got no rhythm. It's just different. They got no beat. They don't know how to let it breathe, no Sean. <laughs> I love it. Um, when we first started, um, Chad and I, we, we got a little playlist down. I, like, I was like scouring my old music for the right playlist for our show. And then... Uh, just some like old school, deep track hip hop stuff from the '90s, and then we started playing those. And then all of a sudden, in the show after ours, Stokely and Zach, they started playing those same songs. And I was like, "Why are you guys playing those songs?" And Zach's like, "You don't know '90s hip hop. We've been doing this for five years." So <laughs> he's not from the South, though. So we had a little back and forth on that. But Zach is down with the hip hop. I love it. Yeah, they- even Stokely. Mm-hmm. But uh, Stokely also likes Nickelback. And Candlebox, couple. Uh, <laughs> you don't you don't know Nickelback, do you? I do. I, come on, I mean, never made it as a wise man. Knows, everyone knows Nickelback. You know what? Uh, I, I, I dab, no, K1 Williams, stuff. New uh-huh. Corner. That's uh-huh. his favorite band. 
because he's the Nickelback. Ah, see what I did I there? Like that? Yeah. All right, man. So, so during the break, you and I were talking about something, and it wasn't on the rundown, but I think it's pretty interesting, and it's about this September twelfth matchup between the Broncos and the Seahawks. Russell Wilson going back home to Seattle, and you thought, hey, maybe they'll cheer for him. Maybe they'll cheer for him. And I was like, nah, they're going to boo him. They're going to boo him. So, <laughs> texters, you, you guys can let us know. Do you think that they're gonna, he's going to get booed or he's going to get cheered? No, Sean, I think he's being optimistic um, about it. Can you talk a little bit about well, your thoughts there? Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, the man spent all his years there. Mm-hmm. He brought some great years to Seattle. Not only great years, he brought Ten a Pro Bowls. Su- or nine yeah. Pro Bowls. Yeah. A Super Bowl, All those, a victory, Super Bowl, two Super Bowl appearances. appearances. And you'd think they'd love him for it, right? And, I mean, okay, it was sour the way he left, maybe. But the guy has to think about his future as well. I mean, it can't be all about just other people. I mean, man has to, he has a future also. So, him so going back you home. Ask, so, you think if you force your way out, how, they, the, 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 the really fans force, force. Or do you think I mean, if you ask to leave? Force, whatever. But, <laughs> but if you ask to be let go or moved, that you should still be welcomed by the fans. Yeah, man. Just because all the things he did for that that team, Seattle. You you can't you can't boo the man. He's going to get he booed. He's going to get booed. That's what you think. You think he's going to? I do. I think they're going to boo him. Just because he has to leave. Just because. Oh, hey guys, I, I mean, I want some more money. I want some cash. I want to get out of here. All right, so let's say you're in love. Let's say you're in love and you're in a 10-year relationship. Mm -hmm. And you guys have done some wonderful things. You have some kids. You go on some wonderful trips. A lot of laughs. A lot of good times. And then after 10 years, she says, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. Are you going to say, you know what? This has been awesome. You go ahead and and I'm going to cheer for you in life. I'm going to hope the best for you. And when I see you, I'm going to be so nice. Or are you going to have a little bitterness? Are you going to have a little resentment? Are you going to be watching her Facebook page and hoping that she's miserable? Oh, my goodness. Are you going to hope for her success? (laughs) Do you want her to find love again? Or do you hope she's miserable? Man, if y'all both decide to separate like that, it was for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't wouldn't hope the worst. I mean, we got to be better than that. People, come on now. Sometimes you just move your separate ways. Things happen. Things change. And for the best of both parties... You have to move on. There's no hard feelings. I don't hate you. I don't never want to see you guys again, Seattle. No, he's not saying that. He's saying that I had to move on to to a different, um, better surrounding, better situation that I felt me and my family needed. <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm not booing him, man. Come on, you can. I see. We looking at the text lines. Heavy boo. He's going to get booed. Is that because they're salty though? Incredibly. They're just salty. Incredibly salty. Like saltines, man. Like, that's what sports fans are. I mean, right behind you, you got a guy sitting in the booth, Brandon Stokely, who has been very vocal about the fact that when somebody forces their way out, you boo them relentlessly. You never support them again. And he's talking mostly about Nolan Arenado. But if a guy wants to leave, you should hate him forever. Oh, come on, man. It depends on what he brings. He brought championships to, to, to the city. One. And he threw a pick oh, on man, the goal that wasn't line. His call. What, he threw the slant? He threw the bad. He should have maybe. He threw an interception on the slant. Play? Maybe not. This is he too the much guy for this noise. job? <laughs> nah. 
<laughs> he can't change the play right Should he there. have been blamed for that more than Pete Carroll? Nah, heck no. I mean, I know he his face probably squinted up too. He's like, wait, we throwing right here? Uh, all right. You think so? He was probably excited to be the hero, man. Mm, true. Okay. You couldn't have checked out See of that and handed it to Marshawn? Should have, man. Unlimited. But, uh, quick, change the subject real fast. Is that his own office back there? What is Stoke doing? Is that his own he office? Back there. He's, that? he's a germaphobe. So Look he at this guy. He doesn't like to be around other people. He doesn't hey, like to have interactions. Yeah. So I receive his will, I told you. But he's going to come out here and see the mic you broke. He's going to be so mad. He's going to be mad. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so we're getting a lot of people thinking that he's going to get cheered before the game and then booed during the game. Um, um, maybe when they introduce him. But then once... See, that's why I think this, this, I think this is going to be a really hard game for the Broncos. Because you're going in there. Who has more spite on their side? Mm. Who has more anger on their side. And maybe that means that they'll play emotional and won't play, you know, solid football. But that whole town wants to watch Russell Wilson fail. That whole team wants to watch Russell Wilson fail. And they know him very well. Nobody in the world knows Russell Wilson better than Pete Carroll as as a player. Mm. And he's dialing up that defense, right? So are they going to have the advantage there knowing him? Um, I would argue that if Drew Locke gets the start, then the opposite will be true here, right. too. This defense knows Drew Locke pretty well, <laughs> just too. Just pressure on him? Is that what you do? <laughs> just yeah. no pressure yeah, on yeah, just blitz him, right? Goodness gracious. No, no, but, uh, no, but I can see a situation in which the Broncos lose this opening game Ugh. because you are going in, into a stadium that's incredibly loud. you got an offense that hasn't spent a lot of time together. Them hands still. <laughs> and it's going to be, you know, an offense. Offense is difficult when you can't hear one another. You know that, right? So you got to simplify things, and the communication's got to be tight. If you haven't practiced a lot and you go into hostile territory in week one, is that is that going to be a problem? Listen, if they lose this first game, honestly, it could be it could be a disaster. Because why, why, why you say disaster? Well, I'm just looking at the sketch. Like, because we're, we're all saying that they should win these games. They should win this first one, second one, third one's going to be a little tough, I believe. Niners um, at home. They look good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. Everyone thinks this the Niners at home is an easy win. Mm-mm. 49ers were in the NFC Championship game, right? And now they got Trey Lance at quarterback. I think that's the question mark that make right. people think it's going to be an easy game because he has very little experience. Nah, well, they good. like what he's doing. Yeah, yeah he, he can good. sling it. That's what I'm saying. So if we looked at, if they lose that first one, okay, win the second one and one, then they go into that, that, that send uh, 49er game. Whew, one and two if they lose that. Then they got lost. The Raiders. I mean, that's, I don't think that's going to be an easy game either. And Indy isn't going to be easy at home. And then at the Chargers. Oh, and then, my goodness. of course, we're saying the Jets and the Jags are going to be easy, but they're going to improve. They're going to try to win that football game. You remember the Jags oh. beat the Bills last year. So look, t- taking anybody on your schedule as a cupcake win is a mistake. There's other mistakes that people make, no Sean in life, and we're going to get into that next. <laughs> You're listening to Chad and Nate on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. No Sean, before the break, we were talking about Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. September 12th in a Monday night matchup that could get even more interesting depending on the, how the Seattle quarterback competition ends up. And they're, they got a, they got a competition going on right now. Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Word is at the end of the preseason, uh, um, 
Coach Carroll is going to call up Vic Fangio and have him come over and flip a coin. He's going to flip a coin and see which one of these guys is going to win it. It's going to be fun if it's Drew Locke, I'll tell you that, just because of the the drama involved, but you never know. Um, But we're talking about the Broncos side of this. Russell Wilson, he has a lot of... He has a lot of good quotes and sound bites, you know, and he, when he gets up at the podium, they ask him a question. He talks, and he talks, and, and, and he talks some more, a lot more than his other teammates, and he supplies some real good one-liners. One of them, I, I never mentioned this one. He said, if somebody says you have to do X amount, then I triple it. That's how I've always been. Triple X, all right? Vin Diesel. <laughs> he going out there making plays for us. But he also said that he doesn't get nervous. Russell Wilson doesn't. Get nervous. D-Mac asked him, are you nervous about going out there with your teammate? Whatever. And he's like, I don't get nervous. <laughs> and that was the shortest answer that he's ever given to a question at a press conference since he's been a Bronco was D-Mac asking him, do you get nervous? So in Seattle on September 12th, that's going to be important. Do you believe him that he says he does, when he says he doesn't get nervous? And to, to add on to that, do you think it's going to be emotionally overwhelming for a guy like Russell Wilson to go back to Seattle and deal with that crowd. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's interesting that he said that. Um, because your preparation, if you're prepared for something, that that chance of being nervous of things, like it, it mitigates a little bit. Like you're not. Were you nervous before football games? I was prepared, but those butterflies. You can still be nervous and prepared, those right? Those butterflies, Like man. Christina Aguilera, right? A hero of mine. Okay. She's. <laughs> She said even when she was a megastar, she'd still feel those butterflies before she went out on stage, and that was a good thing because you know that it matters to you, right. and you're about to go put something special into the performance. Do you, do, you, do you give any validation to Christina Aguilera's comments? Yeah, that's, that's what's so interesting that, you know, I didn't necessarily was, like, scared, like, but, but those butterflies are in your stomach, and you feeling it, and you're like... <sighs> All, right, all I need is that first hit, and then 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 you're just going. Then then you're not ner- nothing, no butterflies. Now you're just going downhill. It's game time now. But you, I had those butterflies. Um, so it's interesting to hear that he says he doesn't get nervous because he, the only way I can see him not being nervous is that he's super prepared for right. every situation that can occur in the I game. Believe that. I, I, I believe that also. Yeah. So, um, so that he's not nervous. He's just calm and. He's ready. He does seem like that, that he's real mellow, like a game play. Like, he's just like, hmm, yeah. He's, he was born for this, right? He's not a Tebow. He's not like, oh, let's get it. So was Tebow pretty pretty aggro in there? Would, would he go kind of crazy? Was his energy level difficult to match, or did it make you did it make you in the huddle concerned that he wasn't, like, calm and steady? <laughs> no, no. Because you want your quarterback to be calm to an extent, right? <laughs> yeah, but, you but maybe not. I mean, you're telling me that Tim Tebow was hyped in there, and it got you guys hyped, right? Uh, he was hyped. He was definitely ready. Um, he got you prepared, and like, like, let's get it, fellas. Let's go. Come on, let's get it. Yeah. Um, Would he like look in your eyes and like say something inspiring, <laughs> or just give you the play on one on one? Ready, break. Nah, he is. He inspired, uh, especially during the game with his play. Um, so you you would just watch the guy and like, dang, he's. That's my quarterback fighting for six yards there, and he's right. taking on all these linebackers. Let's go, let's go, man. Let's let's get this this ball rolling. Um, and help if your quarterback can do that, well, then we should be, able to, be able to do double this. that, right? Right. So, but I, okay, I, I can kind of see where he's coming from because he's so prepared for the games that he's not nervous. He's just more focused and ready to go out there and execute the game. Um, and in, in to your second question, 
Um, is the, his emotion going to be very high for this game? I would assume so. I mean, you spent all your years at one place, one team. You familiar faces in the coaching staff, familiar faces on the team. Your emotions are going to be high, man. You're going to be so ready to just go out there and, and prove that it was the right decision. Um, and you want he wants to win this. You don't want to go back to your team that you just came off of um, and lose the games to the opposite quarterback, like a quarterback swap. Yeah, that would be if it if it is lock. That is. But, yeah, I think emotions are going to be definitely juiced up, ready to go for this one. So when you think about the emotions, because you hear people talk about, and I've heard Mike Tyson talk about fighting with emotion. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be emotional when you fight. You start fighting emotionally and angry, then you get caught out of position, right? And and, and you overextend yourself. Um, And so in regards to this matchup, this September 12th matchup between the Seahawks and the Broncos, Who's likely to be playing with more emotion, the Broncos or the Seahawks? Considering the Seahawks are the one are the scorned lover here, they're the ones who were rejected. They're the ones who were told over the years that Russell Wilson is the reason why you guys are so good, and now he's gone. He he forced his way out. Now he's over here. So who's going to be playing with more to prove? Who's going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder? Who's going to be playing with more emotion? Which team has the advantage in that regard? Ooh. That's tough. I mean. <sighs> Because you look over there at, at, at Locke, Drew Locke, man, you, he still has things to prove. He, I mean, he's still fighting for that number one spot to be the number one quarterback. So I, I think for him, he wants to prove it. Uh, of course, he better have a chip on his shoulder. And I think Russell will have a chip on his. And it's just to be like, hey, I'm coming into town. Hey, I'm back. Let's get it. Let's ride. Let's ride. So that's how he'll feel. But Drew is definitely have something to prove um, over there on that side. Um and we'll and we'll see what happens, but we can't lose this first one, man. Uh, you want to start off the season hot, but at the same time, man, you don't want to lose this first one going back home to Seattle. So versus a quarterback that we don't even know who's quarterback yet. Okay, so you say that. So if you were on this team, right, and you've been subjected over the last four or five months to the Russell Wilson hype train, which has been unrivaled, unmatched. We've never seen anything like it. A guy come to a team and put out all that content in advance of his arrival there and create this kind of wave of like celebrity and influence and glamour and glitz before you even get there, right? Now, I'm not saying he's not a good teammate. I'm not saying he doesn't work hard. He's doing all that. But what I'm saying is considering that you hype up your process so much so where the expectations are that this guy's almost untouchably good. And then you go in week one, and let's say they go in and Russell Wilson has a bad game. How do you look at him as as his teammate? That he was selling snake oil the whole time, or that he just had a bad game? We're going to get this thing right. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's your quarterback. I'm not looking at it like, oh man, we made the wrong decision. No, it's there's some. It, I'm sure if he has a bad game, it's not just him. All right, it's going to be some. Wait, situation. it's not just the quarterback who get, who makes you win and lose games. No. There are other players on the field that yeah. actually are involved in that. Of course, what? Of course, yeah. That, uh, I, I know it's the first time hearing that, but yeah. If he's having a bad game, I bet it's not just him. It's some situations up front. It's some uh, pass protection issues that we missed. There's some routes that weren't, you know what I mean, that weren't ran the right way. Um, turnovers. If we have too many turnovers, you lose the turnover battle, you're probably going to lose the game. Special team. I mean, it's going to be a lot of factors that are going to factor in um, if they do lose. But so it who's ain't going to be pressure pretty. Ugh, gross. Who's got more pressure, more pressure? on no, I'm going to say... I was gonna say, who's got more pressure then? Because because you just said it's a team, it's a team thing. So if they win, it ain't gonna be all on Russell. But you know who it will be on? 
Coach Hackett. Mm. Who's got more pressure on him, Russell Wilson or Coach Hackett? <laughs> and I thought she was going to ask which team has more pressure. I was going to say Broncos either way. Yeah. But, dang, who has money and look like they're getting run over? Nah. nah I don't, I don't see you're it going happening. back to. You're trying you to go back to this training camp. No, no, man. No, it goes back to those players, man. This is a player's team. I can't blame it on, oh, we weren't being very physical in, in training Wait, so camp. So coaching doesn't matter? It matters to a certain extent. They, yes, they got to coach you up on the plays. got to coach you up on situations. But then whose job is it to go execute those plays? The players, it's the baby. players. So I'm a player, <laughs> and I'm a player. You know what? I'm going to say I'm, a, I, I, I'm leaning towards Russ. I don't know why I'm leaning more towards Russ. Um, I know it's a new staff, new everything with, with the Broncos when it comes to that, right? Everything's new, but it's Russell's team at the end of the day, and there's been so much hype. I mean, everyone, they're talking about playoffs. They're even talking about maybe even Super Bowls. So that's what they're saying out High there. High expectations. No High pressure. High expectations. So, and, and very rarely have you seen that pressure on a first-year head coach. Yeah. Right? And so, and so I actually agree with you that – First game, that's that's Russell Wilson. Pressure's on you. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, once the season is over, we're going to judge that mm-hmm. win-loss record. But game one in Seattle, so much emotion. So much emotion in this show to, today. That was really fun, No, Sean. I appreciate you <laughs> filling in. Uh, anytime you want to come back. Yes, sir. That was cool. We make way for uh, Zach and Stokely. They're next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.